Hello, and welcome to Ask the Vet. Uh, my name is Beth Broom. I am your host once again this uh, this week for Ask the Vet, which is, by the way, third Thursday of every month. Um, and in the studio with me today is Dr. Melissa Gislason. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, thanks. Dr. Gislason is a vet at um, Alpine Animal Hospital, not to be confused with Dr. Gislason, the human doctor at Roaring Fork. Not the same person. <laughs> Just so you know, in case you know, you don't want to miss those, get those mixed up. Different treatment plans, I'm sure. <laughs> That's probably right. I just want to remind everyone, Ask the Vet is a call-in show, so please, if you have any questions, animal-related questions, it does not have to be regarding the topic of the day, um, please call in, 963-2976, and uh, ask ask away. So she's here to answer any questions. Um, today, what I thought would be kind of nice to discuss is October is a couple things, um, but uh, Halloween, of course. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. That's last. Um, but uh, October is Adopt a Shelter Pet Month or something around those lines. Also, uh, not to be uh, forgotten, October is also Pitbull Awareness Month, which I do believe those two things kind of go together. Pretty much. Unfor- Often. Unfortunately. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, I think it's a good place to start with talking about choosing the right pet for your family. Um, what kind of tips do you have, Dr. Gisson, on what, you know, how someone goes about deciding, do I go to a shelter? Do I get a puppy? What do I get? Um, those kind of things. Um, my main thing is what is your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want a dog to climb a 14er with you? Do you want a mm-hmm. dog to catch a sugar lapse for diabetes um, oh right like a like a service dog, service dog. um yeah. do you want a dog who just cuddles on the couch with you all day right um so lifestyle um, it's a big it's a big one definitely um and you know how much time do you have to dedicate to right. said pet right um some pets require a lot more work a lot mm-hmm. more time and energy yes um, than others um and i think it's i think it is important to note that for every person who says i'm gonna go get a puppy because i want a blank slate that's not gonna have any behavior problems and i can shape it to be what i want it to be that's true to a but, point there's also a lot of puppies that turn into dogs with behavior problems. So I, I personally believe that you're going to have to work whether you go to a shelter and get an adult dog that may or may not come with some set of problems or you get a puppy that will likely also develop or have some set of problems. Definitely. Um, I think a lot of times um, people think puppies are fun and cute and They're just going to soak everything in like sponges, Mm -hmm. and they don't realize how much work and effort some of them take. Particularly Um, to make them good dogs. Correct. Um, And puppies have different personalities between the litter. Um, Some some of those puppies are going to be super obedient and loyal Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. people pleasers and want to do everything that you want them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And others are going to be more rambunctious and stubborn. Um, What do you think? And I I think it's also important to mention that if you do want a puppy, because I'm going to be probably the biggest promoter of rescuing a dog from a shelter. um, If you do want a puppy, 
there are gazillions of puppies in the United States that need adopting as well. Most Correct. shelters get puppies. Yeah. Um, between actual puppies coming into shelters or um, shelters having pregnant moms. Yep. Um, delivering puppies in the shelter itself. So um, those options are definitely out there. Um, there are many, many, many puppies in shelters. Yeah. They may not be eight weeks old. Um, they may be 12 weeks old or 16 weeks old mm-hmm. um, or six months old, um, but definitely still puppies. So still an opportunity to look at a shelter for a dog. 100%. Talk to me about your thoughts because here's another, you know, sort of complaint I hear. And again, I'm going to have a, a counter answer to all of these things. But, uh, you know, a lot of people want a specific breed um, for whatever reason. Uh, talk to me about health wise, the benefits or not of getting a purebred dog. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of times purebred dogs at this point in the game um, have a lot more health problems. Mm-hmm. Um sadly, than your mutts do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that's just the result of excessive breeding. Mm-hmm. Um, things with genetics just don't quite line up. There are breeds that are predisposed to different medical problems. Mm-hmm. Um, certain breeds are more predisposed to cancer. Right. Um, certain breeds are more predisposed to joint problems. Right. Um, certain breeds are more predisposed to allergies and skin infections. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's definitely things that go along with purebreds. Um, on the other side of that, there are things that go along with purebreds and you know what you're getting. Right. Um, sometimes if you do the research, um, if you know that boxers get mast cell tumors, um, that's right. something that you can be looking for, um, in your dog so that when a lump does pop up, you know, to be worried about it. Right. Right. Um, well, rather that speaks than, to also looking for, if you insist on going to a breeder, a reputable, uh, breeder that, that has, you know, and maybe you can talk about what that looks like to become a reputable breeder. And really quick, let me add, this is a call-in show. So please, any animal-related questions, Dr. Gislison is here to answer, 963-2976. Please give us a call. But if you want to just talk um, about what what is a reputable breeder. Uh, Definitely. Um, So a lot of times I would say a reputable breeder um, is somebody who's going to have some backing behind their line. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not just doing it for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't just an experiment with the next door neighbor. Um, There's actually a lineage there. Um, I think it also speaks to, you know, what they're breeding for. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain things that are a recessive mutation. Mm -hmm. Um, Boxers are not supposed to be all white. Um, So if you are... And I'm speaking about boxers because that's what I have. Yeah, um, somebody loves the boxers. <laughs> um, so boxers aren't supposed to be white. So if you're, you know, looking at a breeder who is focusing on white boxers, seems like that's um, a problem. Yeah, they're breeding. They're focusing on more of a recessive or a problem gene. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, asking questions like, how long are the puppies with mom? Um, mm-hmm. Are they? With mom for two weeks. Are they there for six weeks? Um, Anything that they would say that would say to you, definitely don't get a puppy from this person. Oh, there's probably a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. You know, I've... Um, mom and dad have never been to the vet. Um, yeah, yeah. I've never vaccinated mom. 
Um, uh, most of the time, those puppies are getting their antibodies from mom's milk. So right. um, making sure mom's up to date right. on those core vaccines. I've never used a dewormer before. Right. Um, if somebody told me they had an outbreak of parvo at their facility recently, I'm okay. probably not going for those types of things. Right. Um, but... Um, I would have a red flag, honestly, if they want to get the puppies out of there before they're six weeks old. Okay. Um, really, they should be with mom for eight weeks. Right. Um, during that period, they're learning a lot of socialization, and mom Super is the important. one teaching them that. Right. That's really important. Um, and how to get along with the rest of their litter mates. Yeah. Um, so if they are getting those puppies out of there at five or six weeks, that's too early. Yeah, that's definitely um, a red flag. Definitely. So okay. those are my... Probably the big ones. Yeah. Um, if you can, if you really want to go that far um, and you want a purebred dog, go to the breeder beforehand. Um, check right. out the facility. Right. Um, you know, are there 10 dogs in one cage? Right. Um, that type of thing. A lot of breeders, reputable breeders, are open to Allowing having to come. somebody come yep. and take a look. As they should be. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of money you're in, and you're investing in, you know, a little family member. 100%. Uh, you don't want to invest in something that's unhealthy and or just sort of help facilitate this person keep an unhealthy thing going. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I think that's important stuff to talk about. I want to get back to sort of the shelter animals because that's where my, uh, my passion lies, right? And Definitely. All these sweet little dogs that are, um, and cats that are sitting in shelters all over the country. I mean, everybody knows that that's happening, but I think um, it's, it's something to consider, you know, maybe you don't want a puppy. I don't. I know I don't have time for a puppy. I'd rather have an adult dog that already is housebroken and maybe doesn't want to eat all my stuff, just half of it at least, or something. <laughs> um, but I, I think, um, you know, to talk about adopting an adult dog, talk to me about some of the possibilities of medical issues that you might be inheriting and what, you know, what does that look like? And then we'll move on to behavior. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think the biggest starting thing is, you know, even if they were in the shelter and they recently just had all of their vaccines, mm -hmm. I still think it's super important that when you adopt these dogs, have them looked at by your vet. Yeah, um, a wellness exam, I a agree. nose to tail wellness exam. Right. Um, a lot of times these dogs, yes, shelters do an excellent job at taking care of things, but they can miss little things. Well, they're also rushed, and a lot of shelters have financial sort of constraints on what they can do. Maybe certain blood work can't be done that's For important sure. or things like that. Yep. Yeah, so definitely, depending on the age, at that point, your vet may recommend basic blood work. Right. Um, a lot of times we have no idea how old these dogs are. Right. Um, even the best vet can't tell you exactly your dog's birthday no, um, no. at that point in <laughs> no, time. No. So it's a guesstimate, and a lot right. of times we use things like their body condition and their teeth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how gray are they? Do they have changes with their eyes that, that right. indicate certain ages or mm -hmm. kind of milestones that they may have reached? Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of times, you know, our estimates are you know, seven to 12 years old. Right. Um, or like, you know, one to three or three to five or whatever. Exactly. So um, I think that basic first initial exam is crucial. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe they've had a broken tooth for three years and nobody's ever talked to anybody about right, it. Right. Um, and that's something that's been causing that animal pain and discomfort. And maybe that's why they're acting out. 
Right. Um, so get your, you know, once you adopt your new dog, get it in for just your basic wellness exam. Because guaranteed they're going to come out of the shelter up to date on all their vaccinations. Yep. Um, with their microchip and spayed or neutered. And that's all the stuff that the shelter does that's really awesome um, as part of your adoption fee. Um, you know, you're paying for a lot of these services to have already been performed for you. Um, you know, your adoption fee really doesn't go for any of the care that your dog has received on a daily basis at the shelter, be it the food and the and the housing. A lot of times the adoption fee is just for those basic medical needs. Um, so that's another reason why, why donating to your local shelters is always a good thing because a lot of the rest of those things are donations and funding, grants, and things like that. So sure. um, when you come out, you know, spend the money to get that wellness exam and just make sure that that adult dog that nothing was missed and not for lack of trying but just because they have only so many resources exactly yeah um yeah and i mean there's certain vaccines that are given and certain ones that aren't given so depending on again what your lifestyle is and what your plans are for this new pet um you know your vet may have other recommendations right right um so that's always another thing that um is important in that first initial visit yeah that's good good information just to remind everybody this is Ask the Vet. Dr. Gislason is in the studio today, ready to answer any animal-related questions. Doesn't have to be about what we're talking about today, but the number here is 963-2976. Um, so I think one of the biggest concerns about adopting a dog from the shelter, and invalid, but like we maybe touched on right in the beginning, is behavior stuff. Um, that is definitely something I, I find um, interesting, but it is frustrating for a lot of people, and... Um, you know, you worry that when you adopt a dog from the shelter, you don't know who they are and what kind of baggage they may or may not come with. Um, so I feel like even when we're talking vet medicine, there's a lot of assistance that can be given to a new dog owner when a behavior problem crops up. Um, so I don't know if you want to maybe first talk about what kind of behaviors you would expect to see from a new dog and what to not freak out and like just immediately run back and take the dog back. You know, I mean, there's there's going to be some time. There's definitely an adjustment period. Right. And we can't expect new dogs in a household that have lived in a cage to immediately just be normal. If they are, that's amazing. But if they're not, that's normal. Correct. So to speak. Yeah. I mean, definitely. If you think about a dog, uh, you know, say a two to three year old high energy pit bull mm-hmm. um, who's been in the shelter for close to a year mm-hmm. um, or even a month. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a ton of pent up energy. Oh, yeah. Um, tons and tons and tons of it. Even if they're going outside and getting walks at the shelter or playtime or, yeah. or things like that. Um, that's a ton of pent up energy and um, lack of affection that hasn't been given to that dog. Right. So um, I definitely think in the first initial time period, there could be um, anything from, you know, hyper excitability, um, rambunctious, destructive behavior, vocalization, um, barking, of course, um, to even fearful. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those dogs get really comfortable in that confined space. Um, that's what they know. That's what they're used to. So freedoms and new experiences can be terrifying. Right. Do you have any sort of right out of the gate recommendations for a new dog owner the day they pick it up from the shelter? Like what's the, what, what should they do that day? I think taking it slow. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, 
go for a huge hike. I would probably go for a walk in a quiet, calm area, mm-hmm. probably where there's not going to be a ton of other dogs, a ton of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, really just kind of try to focus on some one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. Um, that dog needs to get to know you. Right. Um, you maybe went up there and visited him once. Yeah. Um, maybe. But, but he doesn't know you. Right. Um, so just really working on that bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... You know, if you have other dogs at home, minimizing how much they're interacting that first day. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a meet and greet in a neutral neutral place. Yeah. Um, where there's no real territorial things is super important. Yeah. Um, but I think taking, you know, some quiet time. Um, yeah. That Don't dog just is take going dog through a, party or something. a huge major change. Yeah. Don't invite 10 of your friends to come over and meet your new dog. Right, right. Um, things like that. Um, that dog's going through a major change. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's still a major change in that dog's life. Right. And I think that's, that's some important information because, you know, we get so excited about our new pet and we want everyone to come meet them and it's so wonderful and they're scared to death and, or they're just wound up and then, and then behaviors, maybe undesirable behaviors sort of come about because of it um and then you know immediately you start worrying about what does that mean for your dog and what's you know what did I just get into and I'm not saying that there aren't problems that would arise and absolutely there will be probably something but um Mm -hmm. like with a puppy you never know what you're gonna you know come up against um but that's the other thing I think that's important is when you do feel that there's a problem behavior I think your veterinarian Um, is one of the best resources you have for behavior problems too. And I say that because for every veterinarian that doesn't want to deal with behavior, they can at least have resources and and, um, the appropriate uh, sort of people to go to. Um, that can help you with whatever type of problem you're seeing, correct? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I mean... I can speak for for what I know, but I definitely have resources that I can say, hey, you know, if you're if you're seeing this, you know, look up this online right, right. or call this person right. or, you know, why don't you try whatever? Yeah. Depending on what the situation is, right. depending on what the behavior issue is, um, you know, there's definitely some things that we can do. And by no means am I a behavior specialist. Right. Um, which those exist. Right. Um, and that's a resource that I can pull to if right. I need to. Exactly. The other thing that I think is um, a good thing about going to the veterinarian for a behavior problem that, that arises is that sometimes with these dogs um, coming out of these situations and having to adapt to such new um, situations, medication can be a tool to help facilitate um making it easier for everyone. You want to talk about that at all? 100%. Yeah. Um, So yeah, a lot of these dogs, if they are, um, you know, coming out of a a shelter situation, um, that's a stressful time period Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an exciting time period for them. Sure. Yeah. um, But it's stressful. Yeah. Um, They're experiencing new things every day. They're scared. They're meeting new people. Right. Um, And sometimes dogs handle that beautifully and other times they don't. Right. Um, So a lot of times we use medications not to just sedate them. Right. No, Um, no, no. We've come a long way from that. Definitely. So the medications are there to kind of calm them a little bit, um, not by sedating, but by controlling the anxiety right? so that they can actually process and learn yeah. um, that the person across the street is not trying to kill me. Right. I don't need to bark and lunge and things like that. Right. Um, or the 
lightning. Uh, right. Or that noise that I hear every night at five o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, if they've never heard of fire truck or an ambulance or yeah. anything like that, yeah. um, those could all be very new things to them that yeah. are scary. Yeah. So I think, I think it's important to know that, um, again, starting with your veterinarian, because there's just a lot of options, whether it be to refer you to a trainer or a behavior specialist, whether it be to add a medication, um, you know, you would be doing that with a new puppy potentially as well. It would look Definitely. differently. It would look differently, right? It would be different vaccines and it would be different conversations, but it would still be conversations and potentially, you know, needs for medication and things. So, mm-hmm. um, so considering trying to remember that these dogs in the shelter are, I have to say some of the most loyal dogs I've ever owned have come from um, a rescue setting in one form or another. And I mm-hmm. think my one purebred dog, he, he didn't know he didn't know a bad day in his life. And I think he uh, would rather sleep on the couch than than do anything to protect anyone or be loyal. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I think you can really get uh, when you save a life at a shelter, you can gain a lot of positive things so many so many wonderful wonderful pets out there yeah yeah and and um so i think you know adopt a pet month it should be adopt a pet year in my opinion because that's it's something that needs to happen every day um and also you know i want to uh just because it's also uh pitbull awareness month and everybody who knows me knows i'm a big pitbull advocate do you have any um pieces of information regarding the breed that maybe are misconceptions or things that you would speak to and that might be putting you on the spot nope i love pitties okay um for the most part they are clowns yes um they are rambunctious happy go lucky dogs for the most part yeah um that being said i will say any breed of dog put in the wrong situation can learn bad behavior yeah um can be encouraged for bad behavior yeah um I am not a fan of the breed segregations and breed laws. Yeah. Um, I think that they do a lot of disservice to a lot of good dogs. I agree. And and do their jaws lock? No. Okay. <laughs> just just to clarify, that's such a that's such a thing that people think, and uh, it's not true. They are strong jaws. They are definitely stronger jaws than a Pomeranian. Well, yes. Um, or a Chihuahua. Yeah. Um, but they all are lock. equally capable of taking a nip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, for the most part, with pities, I see they give lots of kisses. I agree. And we see that a lot, fortunately. Uh, and in, even in a clinic setting, when everybody's scared and nervous, we have a lot of wonderful pit bulls that come in. And, and uh, ex- you know, I think I get my face washed more than anything (laughs) i would agree with that (laughs) yeah um any other notes before we move on to maybe some a few minutes of dangers of halloween any other notes on um just shelter adoption anything you want to add dr gesselson um i mean in that regard i would say if you are struggling with a behavior or a problem or your living situation is changing and you're looking into 
other options, relinquishment, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do your research on the shelters. Do your research yep. on the rescues. Yep. Um, they are not all created equally. Um, so definitely do your research out there. Um, and ask questions. Call and ask what's going to happen to your pet once they get there. Yep. Um, you know, be invested in that. Yeah. Um, right. Because if you can't as take an, care of them, you're they're still their advocate. You are still their advocate and you still need to do what's best for them. Yep. Um, so ask those questions. They're hard, but um, I think that's super important. Yeah, I agree. You're, you're their advocate as, as long as you can be. So figuring out what's best for them is, is still your job. Um, so that's a, that's a great, great, uh, important added tip. Moving on, any <laughs> quick two minutes, hazards of Halloween, anything we should watch out for for Halloween? I mean, I think we know chocolate. Chocolate. Ah, <laughs> uh, chocolate. We see it every year. And that includes brownies and chocolate covered espresso beans, Carrie Vickers. And Ooh. that was a shout out. And um, yeah, I mean, what other, is there any other candies? That are toxic. Um, the other big one would be sugar-free gum. Ah, yes. And uh, I don't know anybody that wants to give that to children, but I guess whatever. But yeah, sugar-free gum has xylitol in it. So basically anything containing xylitol, it's also in a lot of peanut butter right now. Oh. Um, so sugar-free anything with that. peanut butter or just the xylitols in the peanut um, butter? It's xylitol in peanut butter um, so. for a sweetener. Ew. Um, but that's super, super toxic to dogs. Right. So definitely keep your dogs away. I mean, is it like, what if they eat a bunch of candy? Is that a big deal? It can be. It can definitely upset their tummy. And the wrappers? What about the wrappers? Most of the time they'll pass unless they're a little dog. Okay. So not to freak out about the wrappers or the candy. A little bit, but call your vet and ask a question. Okay. Okay. Um, And what about, um, I mean, I guess, is there any other hazards to Halloween? I don't know. Probably. Okay. I know. (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because I think we are about to wrap it up. And um, I want to thank Dr. Gisselson for being here in the studio for Ask the Vet. And just to let you know that we're here the third Thursday of, well, I'm here. Whoever's with me, I never know. The third Thursday of every month at 430. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you.